out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. It is the best game. The very best game. There's nothing like playoff hockey. Stevie Slapshot filling in for Brian Blessing on the Vegas Hockey Hotline this afternoon. Brian may be calling in. We may hear from him. We will hear from Steve Karp from Sinbin.Vegas. He is here with us. Steve, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? I am doing well. Good to be with you. You look very comfortable sitting in the captain's chair. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable sitting in the captain's chair, but we'll get, fine. we'll get through this. I, I wasn't able to call Mark Stone and, and see what it is to be a captain and, and handle this better, but we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. You can call Patrice Bergeron. I, I, I Ask him. Yeah, that's a fantastic series, that one. Yes, we, want, we, we want to talk about Colorado Vegas and, and game one. Steve, I, I think there are several reasons. You don't want to come up with excuses, but I think there are several reasons as to why game one went the way it went. It's just one game. Uh, you hope that that doesn't happen again tomorrow night. I think the Knights will have some answers, but they're going to have less people to answer those answers uh, on the ice yeah, on it's, Wednesday. It's looking like we're going to see uh, – a different lineup than we saw on Sunday for Game 1. Notably, Ryan Reeves will be out for two games. Matthias Janmark, who knows if we'll even see him back. And Brady McNabb remains on the COVID list. And, you know, we haven't talked much about McNabb's absence. Not that it would have changed the, the, the course of Game 1. right? But I think having him in the lineup would have definitely helped. Yes. And... Uh, it's it's uh, it's a very underrated part of that defense, what he gives them. Whether it's blocking shots, killing penalties, clearing out the front of the net, and even giving a little bit of offense here and there. And He's slow- an important part of what they do. Well, and slowing down the rush. No, no one for Colorado got stood up at the blue line. McNabb can do that. Uh, I felt horrible for Nick Haig. Yeah. When, when McKinnon went around him like... Brian would like to say the proverbial pylon. McKinnon and, has done that to several people. Well, did the Petrangelo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is, by the way, looked god-awful. He has. He has not played well, and, and he needs, you talk about a guy who needs to turn his thing 180 degrees, his game needs to improve if they're to win this series. The, the defense needs to be better but also, I think the forwards need to help the defense well, out they more. they got to forecheck better and not That's get Colorado thinking. speed out of their end. Right. They're transitioning very easily right now, whether it's you know McCarr or whoever, or the forwards themselves from the Avalanche. They're getting clean looks into the Vegas zone, and that's a problem. I agree with that. It doesn't matter who's in goal. You could be in net and... It's, it will be a challenge. I, I, I agree with all that. I also, and I agree with the forecheck, I also think in game one, the forwards didn't get the puck deep enough. So it was very easy for Colorado to, to pick those yeah. pucks off and transition with yeah, their speed. You know, you, you watch the teams that are still in this thing, 
Boston, the Islanders, Tampa, Carolina, they all share a common denominator. When they are forechecking well, they are carrying the play. Right. Colorado did that. Vegas did not. Right. Now, in the previous eight games between these two teams before the playoffs, there were games where the Golden Knights did forecheck effectively, did bottle up the avalanche in their own end, did create opportunities, and cashed in. I think when you look at what happened on Sunday, there there was this basically perfect storm of bad that, that caught the Golden Knights. And, and I don't think that Robin Leonard... He was not good. He was not but good. But to put it all in him it's not all is not it's not fair. Correct. All right. That first goal he would have loved to have had back and there was maybe two others. But coming off an emotional seven game series, you're physically and mentally spent. They had to travel the following day. Okay, Colorado was well rested. They had been preparing to play without Nassim Kadri. Right. And they were ready. Okay? So, no excuses here. Right. But a perfect storm of events contributed to what we saw Sunday in Game 1. I agree. All right? So, the big question now is for Vegas, how much amnesia is there in the room? What does Pete DeBoer do to fix it, okay, and three, will it be good enough? Because right now, the McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen line is playing amazing. Yeah. Okay, much like Boston's perfection yeah. line is. All right, those are the two best lines in the sport at the moment. Of the of the eight teams left playing, those are the two dominant lines. And we may, by the way, see them against each other in the next round. Yeah. Now that we know who is going to play, actually it would be for the Cup. It, okay. If Boston and Colorado, the only way they meet is for the Cup. Okay. Because the winner of this Vegas-Colorado series will play the Winnipeg-Montreal winner. Okay. And and the Boston Islander winner will play Tampa and Carolina. Boy, it doesn't matter what equation you come up with for that other semi. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. It is. And and it could be Islanders-Tampa again. It could be Carolina-Islanders. It could be Boston-Tampa. Whatever. Yeah. That's going to be some well, amazing Well, the two series stuff. that are going on are amazing right now, well, as it is. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, game two tonight in Raleigh. Must win for the Canes. Got to get a little bit better goaltending out of Ned. Yeah. But he has shown that he can do it. And in the other, Ned is a Vezina winner and a Vezina finalist in Vasilevsky. So that's going to be interesting. By the way, Marc-Andre Fleury named one of the three Vezina finalists along with Philip Grubauer and the aforementioned Andre Vasilevsky. So the GMs vote for this, Stevie. Right. The media doesn't get to vote, all right? 
I'll, I'll, I think Billy Guerin, I mean, Ronnie Francis is eligible now to vote. Okay. Okay? Uh, because Seattle is fully in the league now. Okay. So maybe he gets to vote. So you have 32 votes. Um, who, in your mind, if you were a GM, would get your vote? So I hope, I hope I'm not biased by this, but here's my reasoning. And we talked about this before the show. I think th- those three guys, if you look at the numbers and you watch them play, it's a, it, it's a coin flip for me between all three guys. Now, I'm, I'm not a Grubauer guy. I keep waiting for him to falter. Yeah. So, so I, would, I would kind of maybe if of those three, maybe toss him aside a little bit. But you look at the numbers and you watch those three guys play pretty damn even. All right. In my mind. Vasilevsky's already won a Vesna. Mm-hmm. Flurry has never won a Vesna. I would go Flurry. Never even for that. nominated. Right. Until oh, that. really? How's that? I thought How he was nominated possible? once before. I don't know. But Is so that I, crazy? so so for me because they're even, I would yeah. I would shade Flurry because he's never won one. I here's how I usually look at these things. If this guy is not in net how does that team do without? Okay, all right. Okay, if Vasilevsky's not playing for Tampa, they're not where they are. Correct. Okay, if Grubauer's not playing for Colorado, and Devin Dubnik, who they picked up at the trade deadline, right. is in net. The Avs are probably not President Trophy winners, and they're probably finishing second or third in that division because they can still. Devin Dubnik could still beat Arizona and Correct. Anaheim and San Jose. All right? Flurry, you get the right Robin Leonard in goal. Mm-hmm. If Flurry were out the way Leonard was out, the Knights might have still won the most of those games yeah. with Leonard. Yes. Okay? However, if you look at the way Flurry performed – Knowing he was going to play every game during that, I think he missed 12 games, Leonard did. Yeah. With a concussion. He was remarkable. He was. Okay. And forget that stupid outdoor game. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, to me, you draw a line through that. Okay. Right. But Flurry, and as we saw in the first round against Minnesota. They don't beat the Wild without Flurry. Correct. If Leonard's in goal, sorry. Yeah. I don't care if Leonard's on on his best. Who was game, it? Was it Hartman game. that he continually stoned? Yes. Hartman probably has he nightmares. Fought, Hartman probably figured him out. Yeah. I think in game five or six it was. But yeah, I mean, especially in game one, Hartman had all those great yes. chances, and Flurry stopped every one of them. I think there were like four, four or five. So for that reason. I would be inclined to take Fleury slightly over Vasilevsky with Grubauer getting third. Okay. The guy I thought should have been in this conversation was... Varlamov? Varlamov. Okay. Who was outstanding for the Islanders. You know, they they have very limited offensive capabilities. They do, but they play good defense in front of him. They do, and that's the rub. Okay. Okay? And that's why he probably... Did not get got, got the shaft, as it were. Uh, no, I wouldn't say the shaft. Got he left just off. there just wasn't room for a fourth okay. person. You know, it's only three people right. could get there. Right. 
And you know what? When you backstop a team to the President's Trophy, you deserve – this is the best group Bowers ever played. It is. All right? Yeah, we're all waiting for him to fall on his <laughs> face or get hurt or whatever. You know what? He basically had a holiday on game one Sunday yes, he in the did. net. He, yeah. you know, other than getting cross-checked in the head from Reeves, <laughs> you know, and, and we, we could talk about these hits uh, from game one as we look to game two because I thought Pacioretty's hit was bad. Yeah. And I thought Graves' hit on Yanmark was bad too. I agree. I don't like okay? hits and, and, you know, and obviously what Reeves did to Graves I thought was way over the line. Way over the line. And if it were me, I might have suspended him for the series. I, I could have seen because that Because he's got a rap sheet. Yes. He has a history. Now, it's not Tom Wilson bad, but it's kind of it's in that area. It's, it's kind of in the neighborhood, if I, you will. I, I think I think it is as right. bad as, as Tom and Wilson. And you know what's interesting? When, when you pull DeBoer a guy's coached, hair out. When DeBoer coached San Jose and Reeves was doing all the stuff with Kane and, and right. with the other guys, and he was prickly peed and going off on, on Reeves and the Knights, and Galan calls him a clown and all this stuff. It's interesting when the guy's on your side, how you're quick to defend him, right. which is what he has to do. Sure. Now, look, we'll never know because he'll never say whether he, he told him. Reeves, yeah. hey, you need to take care of this, right. what he did to Yanmark. And, and I thought Reeves didn't handle it well. I he thought he could have handled it much in the way that Foligno handled Corey Perry after the hit on Tavares in game one of right. Montreal-Toronto. Right. You skate over to him, you whisper in his ear and said, as soon as they drop the puck, you better be ready yeah. to go because we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And we'll settle this like men, and that's it. And then yeah. we move on. Right. They do that. All right, yeah, maybe Graves takes a couple. Right. But it's over with, and you move on. Right. All right? It doesn't – none of it brings – even what he did doesn't bring Yanmark back into the line. Correct. All right, so let's talk about game two now that we're done with game one. All right. Obviously, DeBoer's going to go back to Flurry. Correct. All right, he needs to. Yes. You know, Leonard didn't even practice today All right. in Denver, Yeah. which I thought was real interesting. That That, that is interesting. Um, okay, it makes you wonder what's going on there. Yeah, but but he did start Leonard in game one to give Flurry rest, so we knew that he was going to yeah, start game that, two. Yeah, but that's, Stevie, that's over with... I had no problem with Leonard starting. I thought it was the right move. It it just didn't work out. Okay. Well, well, I don't. Again, and it, Leonard uh, wasn't the reason for the seven to one no. entirely. So they he prob- was a contributing factor to it. Though. So okay, but I think they probably lose that game if Flurry starts anyway. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So now, so now you've lost the game anyway, and Flurry is now fresh coming in tomorrow. Right. Okay. So. The Knights have some decisions to make for game two. Right. Starting in net, do you go with Flurry? I would think you do. Right. Okay, that's pretty much, I think, a given. Mm-hmm. Right? Especially in wake of the news today. Yeah. He's going to be pumped up. He's going to want to prove he's worthy of consideration. But more importantly, the competitor in him wants to get this series back to even, headed to Vegas for 
game three on Friday at T-Mobile. Right. So, you start with Flurry and Nett. Reeves is out. Correct. All right? Keegan Colesar is the natural person to slide in there. Right. And play him with Patrick Brown and Will Carrier. Right. Okay? So that one's easy. Yep. Now it gets a little bit tricky, but even there, here's an answer. Let's assume, yeah, Mark doesn't play. Correct. Okay. Dylan Sakura is with the team. He practiced this morning. He's a natural fit to play with Wah and Tuck mm-hmm. on the third line. Mm-hmm. Pacioretty's fine. Uh, Martinez, by the way, did not skate today, but that's no big deal. He's on maintenance throughout. It's been that way. You won't see him at the morning skate tomorrow. He'll be in the lineup. Um, we haven't seen the COVID list. It doesn't come out to 2 o'clock today. I'll assume McNabb has not been cleared, and he probably will not be available. So Haig stays in. They have got to figure out a way defensively to help bottle up McKinnon's line. Right. Okay? And like you said, the forwards, whoever, what line do you put out there if you're Pete DeBoer? Now, remember, he doesn't get last changed. Yeah. That falls to Jared Bednar. Okay? He started game one with the fourth line. They actually had the probably the best shift of the entire game for the yeah. Golden Knights. Yeah. All right? But that wasn't sustainable. And DeBoer knew that. So he tried Stevenson's line. They got burned. He tried Waz's line. They got burned. He tried Carlson's line. They got burned. If you're DeBoer, what line do you think gives you the best chance of at least matching up with McKinnon's line? I think the best defensive line is the Carlson line. And they... They have. Are they fast enough to stay that, with those guys? I was just going to say they they have a little speed, but they compared to that line. No, they don't have the speed of that line. I think I trust Carlson and Smith and Marchessault to know how to play, though to know how to know their limitations and to be able to figure out how to slow that line down. What happens when Marchessault takes an unnecessary well, penalty because either Ratnan or Landeskog got past him? And he hooks him, he trips him, he slashes him, he high sticks him. What happens then? And now you're playing short. You are right about that. March March so, emotions as can good get as the he can be, yeah. does have a penchant for well, taking penalties. It's the same reason. It's, 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 it's the same thing that makes him good on the ice also makes him take bad penalties. It's yeah. his emotions. If it's me... And I'm DeBoer. I am willing to take a shot with Patrick Brown, Colasar, and Carrier, who, by the way, is one of the fastest skaters on Vegas. Yes, he is. Okay. And Colasar's not slow. Well, not Colasar. Carrier. I I know know what you're saying, but I think... Colasar's not exceptionally fast. He's not slow, though. No. I think he skates pretty well. I, I don't know that he could stay with McKinnon or... No, I no, he can't. Or Ratnan. He could maybe stay with Landis Scott, who's a little older. He's faster than Reeves, though. So it that, gives, That's my point. So it gives you that. And, and Patrick Brown is quick enough. My problem is Patrick Brown will get beat in a circle every time. Much like when you face off against Bergeron, and he wins every draw. 
All right. When you play Boston. Well, so Landeskog is really good? So here's what I do. Because Brown otherwise well, is, is, has been pretty good in the here, dark. Here's what I ultimately would do if I'm DeBoer. I play Wazline with Sakura and Tuck. With Tuck getting the assignment to stay with McKinnon. He can do that. Okay. And Sakura is quick. Okay. Not lightning fast, but he is quick. Okay. He could probably, but he's smaller. So Landeskog's a big, strong guy, and Ratnan's kind of got good size too. Okay. So uh, that would be. It's not a good matchup, no matter who he throws out there. Mm-hmm. I don't want Stevenson, Stone, and Pacioretty against them because I need them. To really focus on trying to score. Right. Okay. And if you put them out head-to-head against McKinnon's line, you're basically neutralizing yourself. I understand. Did you, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. So why do that when you're already, you know, knowing you have issues putting the puck in the net in the postseason? Right. All right. Um, this yeah. is a, it's a conundrum. But more importantly, what defensive pair do you put out against McKinnon's line? All right, they tried all of them, mm-hmm. and they all got burned. Yeah, I mean, you know, poor Hague. You know, like I said, he he got piloned by McKinnon. Petrangelo was really, yeah. really struggling, Over- overmatched. Yeah, he has not played well. No. He didn't play well in the Minnesota series. He got off to a horrible start. Martinez got hung out to dry, trying to cover for him. Um, Theodore was really a non-factor. They missed McNabb. Okay, Nick Holden is Nick Holden. I'm not expecting a ton out of him. They got a they got a matchup problem so when here- it comes to. What deep pair do you put out there with whoever, whichever line that you want to skate against McKinnon's line? So here would be my options, and it means that you'd have to change the, the, the pairings to, okay. to get it done. But my, my first guy is White Cloud. Okay. And, then, and then I could go White Cloud Theodore because Theodore has speed, or I could go White Cloud Martinez. Because okay, I, and who plays with Haig? Holden? That, and do you go back to that Theodore Petrangelo pairing? I, I, th- I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that either. I think As Brian said last week, and he is spot on with this, anytime you have Theodore and Petrangelo, Theodore is playing a subservient role. Yes. Feeding Petrangelo the puck. You know, we saw in, in Game 7 Theodore, kind of the old Theodore, he activated himself into the attack. He made plays. Got a couple of helpers. That's the Theodore they need. They need him to do for the Knights what McCarr does for Colorado. Right. Yeah. Be a threat with the puck. Yeah. And and he tried a couple of times during the game, but when you're down four nothing, it's kind of tough to take the game over. Right, exactly. Right? So if they're down one nothing, he could still be making plays offensively to get them back to even. What, what you don't want to do is fall behind 3 nothing, and you're chasing yeah. like in, in game one, and then then you got a problem. With, with Theodore, 
I would like to see him try more. And, I, and again, get, get him away from Petrangelo and whoever he's paired with. I think frees him up to do this. Make a move on a guy up top and get, and get a little deeper. Get into the slot area if you can. Mm. I, I, I think that teams now have tape on him from the bubble last year of trying these you know, mini slap shot uh, slash passes you know, at the goaltender hoping for a redirection or it gets through or whatever. I think these teams have figured out how to defend that now. Make a move on a guy, which he can do, get by that guy, and now have some options uh, Yeah, because now you're creating an odd man rush right. when Theodore is able to elude that first player. I'd like to see him do that a little more often. Yeah. The, the other thing Vegas is going to have to do, no matter who's on the ice, is they got to get out of their own net a little easier yes, than they, they did do. in game one. Yep. They've got to be a little quicker on the forecheck, a little harder. Yep. And they also have to be able to transition out of their own end the way Colorado was able to do. They they offered, after the first goal, you didn't see much resistance against the Avs coming out of their end. Correct. And I think that has to change dramatically. It, it, it has to. When, when the Knights beat the Avalanche this year in, in the three games they did win, each of those games, they were the quicker team they were first on pucks. They made it hard for Colorado to leave their own end of the ice. And they also put more pressure on Grubauer or, you know, Dubnik or whoever was in goal. I think it was mostly Grubauer. I, did Dubnik even play a game against Vegas? I don't remember. I can't remember either. I don't think he did. I okay. think Grubauer was in net for all, all okay. eight games. Here, here's the thing in game one, mm-hmm. Colorado reminded me of Knights year one in that a lot of turnovers from the Knights to Colorado in the neutral zone, and it's instant offense for Colorado. And, and, and even if the puck got into the offensive zone for the Knights, it wasn't deep, and Colorado would, would pick those off and right back the other way. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not just the first line that makes the Avalanche good, okay? They do have other guys, Donskoy, Comper, uh, you know, even Belmar. Yeah, I mean they they do have other guys who can play, mm-hmm. all right. And Graves is a pretty good player, you know. The bad hit aside on Yanmark, yeah. I mean he's not he he's is not bad. And and you so know, is Gerard. Remember this, no Cadre, right? They did all this without Cadre, yeah. and remember they took St. Louis, they took them down, yeah, without Cadre in games three and four, or game four, I think it was. And now they've adjusted to life without him. Yep. So credit to Jared Bednar for having his team ready to go without one of their key guys. Yeah. All right? So they, they've got – the Knights have some serious adjustments to make. And we'll see if they can make enough of them to win game two. And, and I think you're right, Stevie. I think the start tomorrow – is very important. They can't get boat raced and be down to nothing. They cannot after eight minutes. They cannot. If they're chasing the game early in the first period, it'll be real tough. Yeah, that's a that's it'll a be very extremely bad sign. tough for them to come back. Remember, you are playing at altitude. They're not used to it. Correct. All right, you're the visiting team. There are fans in the stands now at Ball Arena, 
All right? right? It's a little different dynamic yep. than when you played there in February. You're right. Okay? And they'll be the first to tell you having people in the building matters. Sure it does. Because look what we saw Friday in Game 7 with, what was it, 12,000-something at T-Mobile. right. right. <laughs> and then on Friday for Game Three, it's full house time. Yeah, I mean you're talking seventeen thousand. It's going it's to make a difference. The fortress. It's going to make it a difference. It does. It does make a difference. The fact you may not even be able to hear your teammates <laughs> on the ice. You, you're laughing. It's a fact. No, it's going to be. Did you weird. watch the Boston games? Uh, Against the Islanders. I listened to them on the radio, Steve, (laughs) and I could hear the fans on the radio. That's the point. Yeah. The Bruins had their crowd revved up and into the game. And even Pierre Maguire mentioned during the broadcast that it's hard to hear on the ice what's going on. Because remember, when he's between the benches, he hears all the chirping. He hears all the coaching and adjusting going on and the guys talking among themselves on the bench he hears it very clearly wasn't able to do that last night both benches you know well certainly the Islanders had to really focus in on what the the coaching staff was saying to them yeah but uh the Avalanche will have a good crowd tomorrow and if they can take control of this and, and hold serve at home they only have to come back and win one. Actually, they don't even have to win one here. Correct. They can it, just it, hold serve at home it, and they move on. You're right. They, to they, the to the uh, final four, if you will. So, so this is a big game on a lot of levels for oh, both abso- teams. Ab- absolutely. Much well, like tonight is for Carolina. Yeah. They yeah. cannot afford to go down to nothing, having lost both to Tampa at home. So we started with, I I kind of gave what I thought about deep pairings. What do you think the deep pairings will be? What what do you think are the best deep pairings to, to, to help slow this Colorado Avalanche team again, down? Again, he doesn't have last change. Right. So I don't see him changing the pairs. Okay. Okay. I think you'll see McNabb, not McNabb, Martinez, stay with Petrangelo. Okay. At least early on, Theodore and Holden, White Cloud, Haig. If they're finding that it's not working, then yeah, he's got to change up Theodore with Holden and maybe you know play Martinez with Theodore. Which, yeah. which by the way, I think is their best for those two players when they're together. And is there a possibility that, that or, you that White Cloud and Theodore play together? Yeah. Or White Cloud and Petrangelo? Sure. And and the Because Holden could play with Haig, although you become a lot slower. Well the other so, <laughs> so then my other question was gonna be if Holden and or Haig prove that they can't keep up, do they sit a lot more and the other two pairs play get a lot more ice time? Ooh. Well, they have practice doing that, unfortunately, this year. Because of the cap right. issues they right. went through, I don't know that he wants to do that. Okay, if he's home, maybe. Again, the altitude is a factor. Yeah, that's they're true. They're not. They're not acclimated. It usually right. takes five or six days to get acclimated to right. competing in that altitude. They've only been there Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and they'll play tomorrow. I 
Friday and I were talking the other day about the idea of flying home Sunday night after game one and then flying in tonight after practice here in Vegas, play game two and then fly right home, where maybe I've seen teams do that, where they try to limit the amount of time in Denver. Okay. Obviously, you can't do that in baseball. Uh, college basketball, I see it. Okay. Like, some teams will go play Colorado State and then, you know, come home and then go back to Wyoming or something like okay. that. But uh, they obviously chose not to do that. So they're in Denver. It is what it is. They they need a full complement of 20 players, 18 skaters. Um, I don't know that benching a guy or two is advantageous for them. All right? Uh, How do you, but every, everything's got to get better. The coaching, the prep, the actual play on the ice, the goaltending, the little things, win some face-offs, win a few battles along the wall. Get to the front of the net, your favorite. I mean, but you're not wrong. Yeah. Well, you've got to get to the net. You've got to create some sort of havoc in a yeah. good way and take Grubauer's eyes from him, force him to do things he's not comfortable doing. That's how you beat really good goaltenders. And I include Flurry when I say this. Mm-hmm. All right. You watch the way teams beat Flurry. They get to the net. Rarely does he give up a long one. Okay. You you make life uncomfortable. Right. And that's what you got to do to Grubauer, I think. Yeah. To be able to beat him. Ca- cause this mad scramble in front of the net. We see it constantly on a nightly basis in the Eastern right. Conference. These these team, your Islanders, Boston, uh Carolina, Tampa, they're always they stuff going do. on in front of the net. Tampa, Tampa, you know what? And and we talked about this last summer if you remember. Tampa's not a fun team to play no, against. No, no, they're not. They they're borderline Yes, they are. Dirty. Yes, they are. They they get after you. Uh, you know, guys like Maroon and Goodrow and Sorella, yep. these guys, they're a pain to play against. Yes, they are. They are not fun. No. And and meanwhile, you know, talking about Tampa, how good has Braden Point been? Oh, fantastic. He might be he might be the Con Smythe guy. I could see that. I'll tell you. Now, he from, is, from day one tremendous. that I saw him, Steve, he's amazing. He's <laughs> he's he's absolutely amazing to me. You know, he's so good. We talk about how the puck always finds Mark Stone. Yeah. How he's always in the right spot. Braden points a lot like that. Yeah, he is. The puck finds him, and then when it does, he knows what to do he with it. He knows what to do with it. Absolutely. And, and you know, they're a resilient team. They never get rattled. You know, you talk about the Islanders' resiliency yeah. and, and Boston's resiliency. These four teams have that thread. Yeah. All four of them. Yep. They never give up. They don't worry if they're down a goal. They all have confidence that Extremely they can confident. stay in it until they catch a break, and then they capitalize. Extremely okay? confident. A cocky, but in a good way. I mean, like you say, they never feel like they're out of a game, so they'll keep coming. Yeah. 
You know, and, and the other thing I've noticed so far in the second round, I always liked Patrice Bergeron because I I played center, and I appreciate a guy who knows what he's doing yeah. in the circle. Mm-hmm. That guy never loses a face-off. I, never. I know. I don't know what he does or how he does it, but, I mean, the Islanders have good centers, okay? Barzal's good. Sezikis mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. Brock Nelson is very good. Yep. Pajo is one of the best face-off guys in the league, yeah. and Bergeron dominates any of them. I know. He is freaking amazing. <laughs> I know. You know what? And And... And I've that watched him line, as that, close as I can to, look, figure, to try and figure out what he and I and I don't see that it. That perfection but. line of Boston's. Well, they are. If I they are really really tough to play against. I believe I read Marshawn now has 15 straight playoff games with a goal and an assist, and that ties a record. I forget who, who he tied with, but I, 15 straight playoff games yeah. with a goal and an assist. No. Look, I know I know he's universally hated outside yeah. of Boston, yeah. but you've got to respect his game. Oh, his game's fantastic. You know? Well, all right. We haven't talked about this. Let's do it quickly, though. Montreal <laughs> found a way, yeah. thanks to Carey Price and, and Brendan Gallagher, who showed up when he needed to in Game 7 after being kept off the score sheet in the first six games. Forget about Toronto. We all know... The angst that's going on with well, I want to well, okay. We'll, ahead. Do, we'll do well. I'm just going to ask you how. <laughs> what happens now? Do, do, does does it get blown up, or do they say, okay, it's three games where you know three games in a regular season doesn't mean anything, but this was in the playoffs, and we don't change the team, and Tavares is back, and Anderson yeah. is back, and we're okay, or are there changes? I think there'd be some, but not the wholesale changes. You would think I think I don't know that Kyle Dubas could do that much. Okay, with what he has. Okay, All right. I don't know how much cap room Toronto has. I know they have some, but I don't know if they have enough to clean house, if you will. I mean, all right. What would you do? Move Marner? You're not moving Matthews. I mean, what are you doing? That's a good question. All right. Do you do you try to get a goalie, or is I like Anderson. Is, is Campbell your guy going forward? Man, I, I just, I'm just asking. No, I, I know, and it's a tough question. I, I kind of liked Campbell. Like a better question to ask Cam Stewart, it, until, until, until he went to Toronto. Like, I liked Campbell with the Kings. I thought he was fine. I thought there was something there. Well, And then he goes up he, to but Toronto. But is he their guy going forward? Not Freddie Anderson. I don't know. I don't know either. And I, right now, I kind of don't think so. Mm-hmm. So... So maybe they have to go out and get a goaltender. Yeah, I think Winnipeg is sitting on a keg of dynamite. I think the Jets, I, I picked them to beat Edmonton. I didn't think they'd sweep them, but I thought they'd get by them. Edmonton was disappointing to me. I'll tell you I thought what. they had more. And I, and I said this before the series, if Hellebuck is playing well, he could take them a long way. The Jets... With Shifley, with Wheeler, a lot of experience. Stasny, right? Ehlers is back. Um, Connor, Perot. Stasny didn't practice today for some reason. We'll see if yeah, that's anything. It might be the maintenance. It day, could I think, be. Paul could Maurice be. Said. Could be. But all right, and Paul Maurice, by the way, who's yeah, a really oh, good coach. Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah, their defense isn't great. We know that. They make up for. But it. look what they did against yeah. McDavid and Dryside yeah. yeah. Oli. 
and and all those guys. And all those guys. Okay. I think this is a Winnipeg series to win. Five or six. The Canadians, I mean, yeah, can Carey Price go into Winnipeg and steal a game? Absolutely. Sure. But Hellebuck can do the same thing at Bell Center. I think. Yeah. I think it'll be a fun series. I I, I think it will be, too. I, Montreal is now in a spot where they can't lose. They, they, they've it's already house won, money. They, they've already won this season. Yeah, no, right? it's a house money thing, but I think... They should not be satisfied. Right. If they are, they'll get swept. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. And, and I, I think they'll play hard. I mean, they, they've got their veterans, too. Remember, right? there's only two teams in the tournament that have not lost. Colorado's won. They're 5-0. They're and oh. and Winnipeg. Winnipeg, who's 4-0. Oh. Okay. All right, so just keep that in mind as we drop the puck tomorrow night up in the peg. By the way, I, on the one hand, I, I love watching him play for Montreal, and part of me... God, why, Suzuki. Why? Suzuki. Yeah. He's been wonderful. He really has. And, I, and At least George McPhee could tell, feel good about the fact he got that one right yeah. when he drafted him. Yeah. I just, I, I didn't see it coming this fast. And he got there and he took off. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little amazing to me in that yeah. way. Because I thought it was going to take him a little more time. Yeah. Speaking of draft picks, are you not surprised that Cody Glass... Will probably not be in the lineup for game two, and that Dylan Sakura will be. No, I'm not surprised. Um, the, the game, it. We, we talked about Colorado speed. The game feels too fast for Cody Glass to me. Yeah. He, he can, now he's good on the power play because he's got a little more time. Yeah, but we're talking five but, on but five. But five yeah. on five, the game feels too fast for him right yeah. now. I don't know if that's ever going to change. Yeah, and he played okay at Henderson. He didn't play badly. Yeah. But he didn't dominate the AHL. Right. Like you would think, like Cole Caulfield did in his brief right, time right, right. with the Laval Rocket. Right. And Montreal says, get your butt yeah, up, get here up here, here. Right. so you can help us. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That you know that's another thing Montreal's got going for. They got some little additional. They do talent with, with Cole Caulfield. I, I, I keep forgetting the name. guy's name. It starts with a B. The G, the GM at Montreal, has, uh, Bergeron. Bergeron. Yeah, Bergevin. It, he, Bergevin has done a fantastic job, in my opinion. Well, you know, he was on the hot seat for he <laughs> was. a while. He was. You know, they changed and, coaches. Yeah, and it, and it didn't look like it was going good. Julie and he's out. turned it around. Yeah. Bergevin is actually. It's funny, Claude Julian's not getting a sniff. Why? Why do you think that is? I don't know. Right? Is it? I don't know. Is he done? But you, you would have thought, you know. And and what about our friend Gallant? Is he? Is he done? Is he? Well, Canada made it somehow. They got into the quarterfinals of the Worlds, but they haven't exactly set the world on fire at the Worlds. I haven't. I haven't heard a lot of talk about him taking over a spot next year in the NHL, though. Well, he did interview for the Rangers job before he left for Latvia. Yeah. And I think Seattle planned to talk to him. They might have had like a... Is Brenda Moore done in, in, in Carolina? Only if the owner is just being, a, you know, obstinate. I, I and he's capable of doing that, by the way. I don't, I don't understand that at all. Why, the, if, if Brenda Moore wants the staff signed, I mean, look what they've done. Sign the staff, sign Brenda Moore, done with it. But if not, I think Brindamore ends up in Seattle. There's a, there well, he, he and uh, Ronnie Ronnie franchise know yeah, each other yeah, very yeah. well. Right, right, absolutely. So, I, by the way, draft lottery tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. Where does blessings beloved Sabers wind up? I, that's a good question. 
they'll, they'll, they'll probably get the worst possible pick. That's the way things seem to go in Buffalo. Well, I think the Kraken can only go, what, third? I the think third, I believe is third. third. Yeah. Yeah, unlike the Knights who wound up sixth. Yeah. I was wondering, maybe the Knights sent the Kraken Stanley to Rooster as a good luck charm. <laughs> it didn't work too well for Vegas, it, it but maybe not. it worked better for Seattle. It, no. I'll tell you what, Kraken, if it shows up in your town, immediately deport it somewhere else. Yeah, or you just don't throw want, it, you don't want throw it in the sound. Yeah, do something. Yeah, let it go. Or, or drop it from the space. Yeah, yeah. Do, not, do, not <laughs> let, do not let Stanley LaRouche ruin your draft. Yeah, that, that one didn't work out too well for uh, the Knights, I'm no, afraid. No, not good. But it's part of the team's lore. It is. For better or worse. It is. All right, what's your gut telling you about tomorrow? you got 24 hours to sleep on this. I... My gut feeling is they come back and they find a way to even the series up. Wow. Maybe goes overtime. I th- I think they come back and they play a lot better. I th- I think they play their game. Um I as far as the winner it's a toss up. I I bet it's a one goal game. Well, I think it'll go to overtime and I think having Flurry in net is going to give them a real emotional lift. Yeah. I believe that. And and then it becomes, can they slow this first line of Colorado's down? Can they, can they get Stone and Pacioretty going offensively, and and try to uh, even this thing up and take it back to Vegas? Well, if they learned they- anything from last night in Boston, is how much things can change on the turn of a skate blade. Yep. Okay. If. The Islanders lose that game last night after leading 3-1, to one, and they go back to the Coliseum 0-2. It's a very, very different world. Yep. All right? If Vegas has the lead, they let it get away from them tomorrow, and Colorado wins game two, and they're up 2 nothing. I don't know how much solace they take in that, but if Vegas finds a way to win tomorrow, all the- they have to do is hold serve at home. Correct. They, they, they've then they've then taken home court and when, home ice. When games three, four, and six, and you're moving on. Correct. I, yeah. If they if, right? if they find a way to win tomorrow, uh, it changes you, the yeah, dynamic yeah. dramatically. You can Steve. completely forget dramatically. And, and even if they play really well but lose, they haven't really lost anything. Colorado's won both games at home. Well, you know the old Pat Riley line: you have it's the series doesn't start until you right. lose at home. Yeah. So right. So yeah. You, you you can look at it from that perspective. I think for Vegas, it's not a death sentence if they don't win. If they lose and play poorly again, that's another matter. Then Colorado's matter. in their heads, and then they've got right. They've got some things that they may not be able to sort out in time to save themselves. And co- and confidence is completely on Colorado's side. They're they're a really oh my confident God, group yes. at that point. They think they're invincible if, right if, now. If that happens, so I I think you know. Uh, Vegas has had time to rest. They've had time to look at the film from game one and work on some things. I think they'll play better. I think they'll play much better on Wednesday night. You would hope. Yeah. I, well, they can't play much worse. No, and, and this is a team that has – we've seen them bounce back from bad performances before. Yeah. And I think they'll do that again. Well, hopefully we'll see less of the craziness and more skill from – I, I Both think, teams, yeah, but yeah. especially the Golden Knights. And, and look, we all love good, clean, hard hits. Yeah. And and let's hope that's what we see the rest of the way. You know, and, and maybe a limit of all the scrums after the whistle and 
pushing and shoving, and that's where things get escalating, and they ramp up, and then all of a sudden we've got slap shot I'm, uh, three. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. When, when I turn in a, uh, an NHL playoff game, I, I want to watch hockey. I don't, I don't need to see Yeah, I'll let you, you know, my DVD of slap shot, and you can watch it <laughs> okay. if you really want to watch that stuff. <laughs> no, I've, I've seen enough. I, I love the movie. I don't, I don't need to watch that more, stuff. More Ned Brayton's Less Handsome Brothers. Hey, Steve, thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, you can catch him at Sinbin.Vegas on Sundays, right? And then Every uh, Sunday. And then follow him on uh, Twitter at uh, SteveCarp56, correct? That is correct, my friend. All right. Thanks very much for coming in. My pleasure. Have good a good evening. Uh, have a good afternoon, everybody. And uh, Brian will be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll be here noon to 2 on AM 1400 KSHP.